if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Onward into hour number two, we roll. Thanks for being with us. Eight minutes past 10 o'clock on this Thursday. It is the third morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. So by my count, that puts us directly three months out, uh, or excuse me, two months out from the presidential election uh, on November 3rd. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about uh, the mail-in voting scandal that is already developing long before the mail-in voting actually even begins. We'll talk about that in a bit. But for now, I want to talk about a host of things with our friend and regular Thursday guest, Dr. Everett Piper, a former university professor. He is now a radio host in Oklahoma. He is a columnist for the Washington Times, and he is a best-selling author as well as a highly sought-after public speaker. Dr. Piper, good to have you back on the program. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. Hey, just a real quick plug. My new book is going to be coming out in a couple months, and it's a sequel to Not a Daycare, published by Regnery, and it will be titled Grow Up, Grow Up, Life is Not Safe, But It's Good. I have been waiting to hear those words for a very long time. Not the title, because I didn't know the title, but I've been waiting for you to tell us that there's a sequel coming, because I know it's been uh, uh, in the works for quite some time now, so that's great news. When is it coming out, did you say? Well, I'm debating. I'm pushing the publisher to get it out earlier. Uh, right mm-hmm. now, they're targeting May, but I'd like it. I'd like to get it out earlier. But I'm at their mercy. Um, it, I think it's a perfect response to a lot of the juvenile nonsense that we see in our culture right now. Um, again, it's a call to grow up, act like adults, mature, responsible human beings, and in, in a culture that's infantilized. Well, that is, uh, that is a great, great message, and you're right, the timing could not be better, uh, to be honest with you. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, if you've been listening to Dr. Piper on with me for uh, some time now, you may or may not know that it's been a few years now that he, uh, since he wrote his first book, uh, and actually it started out as just a letter to his students at the university where he worked as university president, uh, telling them that the, uh, this is a university, not a daycare. He turned that into a best-selling book called Not a Daycare, and this is a, a tremendous message for the young people of America and for their parents as well. All right, Dr. Piper, let's get into something else you wrote. Uh, This one is a little more brief because it's a column, not a book. Uh, Your weekly column in the Washington Times. Let's talk about America as an idea 
versus America as a real, live, breathing entity, um, because that's what uh, your, your your focus was on. And Democrats have declared, and they did this in their party platform and expressed it at the DNC, that America is an idea. What's wrong with the expression of America as an idea, Dr. Piper? Well, that's a good question. I'm sure a lot of people listening would probably say, wait a second, what's the point? Of course, we're grounded in good ideas. Piper, you make a big point of this all the time. It's your one-string banjo. Ideas matter. Ideas have consequences. Good point. However, when the Democrats start their, uh, their platform, their platform statement, the preamble, the first words in their preamble are, America is an idea. Then they go on and talk about the subjectivity the relative constructs of America and how malleable they are and how fluid they are. It's kind of like sexuality. It's fluid. It's not stagnant. It's not real. You declare what you are sexually, and that makes it so. Well, the Democrats are saying the same thing about America. And I challenge that, and I say, whoa, no, America is not a subjective construct. In fact, you can go all the way back to Aristotle, who argued that politics has to be grounded in the reality of the family. That's the real foundation of good politics, a free republic, the real family, father, mother, child, village, town, reality. Then you go on to Edmund Burke, who challenged the French Revolution and said, if you guys go down this path of subjective constructs rather than the real traditions, the real French society and French government and French people. Blood will flow in the streets. And he was right. And then you go on to another one, uh, Eric Volglund, who recognized during World War II the subjective horror of the Nazi regime, the natural so- National Socialist Party. Anyway, my point is this. America is real, a real country with real borders and real citizens and real laws, a real republic with a real constitution and a real declaration with a real army, real navy, real... Marines, real Coast Guard, real Air Force with real enemies. We've got to recognize the reality of America or we lose it because there's no definition of the thing that we claim to be the foundation of our freedoms. Dr. Piper, the reality of uh, America, and, and I agree with your, your initial assessment. Yes, we are made up of a bunch of great ideas, no question about that, but we are a reality. Um, why is this lost on on the American left? Why is and you know the Democrat Party in particular? Because you pointed out this is in their unity platform, if you will. Why is this lost upon them that there are real uh, components to this country that are not malleable? That that the Constitution, for example, is real. It is not just a bunch of ideas. It is real. It exists, and it and it must be followed if we are to keep this wonderful republic that was built for us. That the set of laws, systems of laws, that the belief in law and order, all of these different things that are the foundation. That the nuclear family is not just an idea. It's real. That mothers and fathers are real, and they have to raise their children with both of their sets of guiding principles coming from uh, uh, from them to their children to turn them into productive uh, uh, members of our society and our community. I mean, these are all realities that, that are not idea-based. Uh, and and if, we, if we forego them and if we treat them as if they are just malleable, eh, you don't have to have a nuclear family. That's kind of what the Black Lives Matter organization has declared, that they want to abolish is the nuclear family. These are the realities that, that, that like I said, this, this country is really founded upon. Well, I would argue it's not lost on the Democrats. They're very well aware of the argument you just made, which is spot on, by the way. They know that argument. 
but they also recognize that the worldview you just expressed is a threat to their power. It's kind of like the rise of the Nazis during the 1920s and 30s. They knew that the objective reality of the Church had to be broken down. The Jacobins during the French Revolution knew that they had to strangle the last uh, king with the entrails of the last priest. In other words, they had to kill the government and kill the Church. They know that you have to deconstruct, break down, destroy the objective realities of the things that you think are standing in your way and standing uh, against your power. They know that. They know that very well. It's the Germans declared themselves to be the Ubermensch, the Ubermensch, the supermen. And if supermen are going to take control of society, they need to break down the power structures that used to stand in their way. Our Constitution, our Declaration, the reality of the United States, the reality of real borders, for example, stands in the way of the Democrat goal of having a borderless, a borderless country. And when you have no borders, you have no country. When you have no Constitution, you have no law. If you, de- if you deconstruct God, then a lot of little gods are going to rise up to fill the vacuum, and that's the Democrats' goal. Dr. Everett Piper is our guest on AM 1420, The Answer. Doctor, let's pivot to another issue now. You mentioned, uh, you know, Superman controlling society and so on and so forth. Uh, one might argue that is exactly what our big government overlords are, have been trying to do during the age of COVID-19. And they continue to do so, despite the fact that more and more information coming from the CDC would indicate that none of it is called for. Not only is it unconstitutional, it is also unnecessary. And more specifically, what we saw in the last few days, two reports uh, from the CDC. One, an admission or an acknowledgement that 94% of all of the deaths uh, that have been coded uh, as deaths with COVID-19 94% of them had underlying health problems, at least one, and in most cases, two to three other comorbidities that led to their deaths. Only 6% of the deaths uh, came with the virus alone or from the virus alone. That's number one. And number two is the recognition that 90%, or at least up to, is the way that it was worded in the New York Times story about this, up to 90% of the positive cases that have been tested were from people who were no longer contagious at the time of the test. But the hypersensitivity of the test picked up dead pathogens or a small enough amount of virus particles that they're not spreadable. So, you know, it would indicate to me that all of the fear that has led to closing churches and closing businesses and shuttering things and, you know, putting people out of work and so on and so forth, they're just simply not necessary. Your thoughts? Well, I actually posted that exact story on Facebook. I used the Gateway Pundit, uh, their their version of that story. And I posted it on Facebook, which says that only 9,210 people in all of the deaths, the 181,000, only 9,210 of those deaths are the result of COVID-19 exclusively. Everybody else, as you just said, died from a complication of variable and many different diseases and compromises to their health. In other words, it begs the question, and here's what the Gateway Pundit was implying, it begs this question, maybe we should have been focusing on all those people that are obese, that have cardiovascular disease, emphysema, that have diabetes, and a variety of other comorbidities. Maybe if we would have protected them and focused on them 
alone and let the rest of us go about our daily lives living as free people, we would have been better off, and that might have been a better way to handle this pandemic. I was blocked on Facebook, and I was accused of fake news for saying that. That's the state of our free exchanges of ideas today. In other words, there is no free exchange. Um, Don't have time to get into it before your break, maybe afterwards, but C.S. Lewis warned of this in his Abolition of Man and his hideous strength in the Space Trilogy. He warned of scientism versus science, where science rises up and becomes a god and exceeds its authority and steps outside the boundaries for science and actually creates its own orthodoxy, its own high priests, which will squash any dissent and any heresy that's expressed with regard to scientism. And that's what we're suffering right now with Fauci as our high priest. That is that is well said. And, you know, science, generally speaking, is supposed to be able to stand up to scrutiny. It is the nature of science to have it challenged so that other studies and other things can be recognized. But as you mentioned, Facebook and the other techn- uh, technocrats uh, who are our overlords in terms of the social media platforms, they have chosen to ignore certain science that does not fit the narrative that they are trying to advance. Uh, and that and it's the same thing with climate change. They ignore science that does not advance the notion that mankind is responsible for global warming, and it's our policies that must change. Dr. Everett Piper, we're going to pivot to uh, California, uh, because sometimes as California goes, so goes the rest of the country, because it is uh, obviously our most populous, populous state. We're going to talk about a couple of stories there and uh, get your reaction as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty-three. Now we continue with Dr. Everett Piper and Dr. Piper. I want to give you as much time as possible because I've got two things from California, and I set this up actually before you came on the air for our listeners. <clears throat> but just for those who did not hear it, there's two things in California. In the state of California, you can no longer freely practice uh, your religion. Uh, they are cracking down like never before, uh, all in the name of COVID. Even though, as we just pointed out, uh, you know the CDC and Dr. Fauci and everybody else, they have been wrong from the very beginning. It is now just starting to come cl- become clear how wrong they were. But nonetheless, California is fining churches for having congregations. They're fining them for singing. They are revoking their leases for their parking lots so that nobody can show up. They're threatening to shut off the power, the utilities, to these various places in order to stop people from gathering and praising the Lord. But at the same time, their legislators are in session, uh, essentially enabling child rape. And I am not overstating that. Child homosexual rape, to be precise. California's legislature yesterday passed a bill uh, that will be signed by Governor Gavin Newsom without, without uh, hesitation that would soften the criminal penalties for gay adults who have sex with underage teens as long as they are within 10 years of their age. Literally, between the ages of 14 and 17, uh, these children, and yes, they are children, if they are... Um, how do I phrase this? If they are engaging in sexual acts with somebody up to 10 years older than them, the older individual will not be designated as a sex offender. That means a 24-year-old gay man can rape uh, in a n- number of different ways a 14-year-old uh, uh, confused and perhaps gay child uh, and not go on the California sex offender registry. Uh, I-, I just I don't know how to phrase that any differently, Dr. Piper. Churches know 
uh, gay rape, yes, in the state of California? All right, the, the first one, let's t- deal with the churches, and then uh, I, I do want to get into the California bill, because I wrote on this months ago and warned of it. Anyway, churches. Uh, the, the poster child of this persecution is John MacArthur's church. John MacArthur's church, Grace Church, has been fined up to $20,000 total last I knew, and it's because he decided to have in-house services and not just online services that violate California's oligarchies. Uh, it violates the technocrats' wishes. They actually are sending spies. This has been verified. The government of California is sending spies into these churches to see if they're singing. And they're reporting back. And if these churches engage in singing and engage in any violation of what the government has defined as acceptable worship, then the church is fined. And they have actually gone in and taken a lease away that John MacArthur has had for over 40 years for a local parking lot for his church. They've taken the lease away from him. They've broken the contract, taken the lease away, so that MacArthur can't have people park near his church. Now, can you imagine them doing that to another organization? Oh, let's just say maybe Black Lives Matter. Now, Black Lives Matter has violated many quarantine policies and protocols, but you don't see people taking away their parking lots. You don't see them being fined. How about Planned Parenthood? Do you see them being fined? Do you see their parking lots being taken away? This is religious persecution, and it all goes back to scientism, because they're resting on science. They're resting on the experts to tell us whether to not, or rather not to shut our churches down. If Fauci says so, if Burke says so, then shut it all down. It, 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 Joe Biden even said during one of his recent speeches that if the scientists tell me to shut down the whole country, I will. Well, who in their right mind gave the scientists authorities to set public policy and to negate the Constitution of the United States. That is something we should all be concerned about. That's story number one. Now, I I can take a breath, but then I can jump into the second story, and that is... No, go ahead and dive right in. We've got three minutes left, and they're all yours. Go ahead. Okay. All right. It is true. What you just said is exactly true, and this has been in the works for months. It is now legal in the state of California for a 24-year-old to engage in sex, homosexual sex, homosexual acts with a 14-year-old and suffer no penalty for it. It is legal in the state of California for the judge to now decide that that's the Romeo and Juliet situation, and therefore the penalty should be softened, if not eliminated. A 24-year-old man engaging in sex with a 14-year-old boy, and now it's legal. This is the legitimization of pederasty and pedophilia. It's the dumbing down of sexual morality from, from 18 to 16 to now 14. A 10-year gap, 24 with 14-year-old, is now acceptable. Tell me where it's going to go next. Tell me where it's going to go next. How, why not 13-year-old? Why not 12-year-old? Because right. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg argued before she was appointed to the Supreme Court that 12-year-old, that 12 should be the age of consent. Why not go to 12? Why not go to 12? And now it's 24 with a 12-year-old or 22 with a 12-year-old. Where does this stop? Do we believe, do we believe that sexual morality is an objective thing? Or are we going to allow our technocrats, our government officials, our bureaucrats, our scientists to define morality for us? 
Is that what we're going to do? And will that be a free society? I would suggest no. Yeah, and, you know, aside from the morality of it, it's just, you know, the, the, the consensual aspect of this. You know, we don't allow 14-year-olds to vote because they're too dumb at that age, or yeah, that's, that's harsh. They're, they're too inexperienced in the world to make very important decisions like that. We don't let them sign contracts. We don't let them carry guns. We don't let them do so many things because they're too young to know better, but we're going to allow them to be you know, sodomized or to be treated in any number of, of, of unbelievably horrific sexual ways by grown men or grown women um, and, and say, that's okay, it was a consensual. The 14-year-old wanted to do it, so therefore the 14-year-old is allowed to make that decision for himself or herself. And, Dr. Piper, that's the part of this. You know, there used to be a thing called statutory sex, or statutory, statutory rape, rather, and that is when you take advantage of someone's youth and inexperience and treat them as your sex object uh, by fooling them into thinking this is okay. That used to be a crime, and in California, at least for uh, the LGBTQ community, it is no longer going to be objectionable. And, and exactly. Like right now, and what 14-year-old understands sex? They're at the front end of their libido, and now we've made it legal for an adult, a mature adult, to abuse that 14-year-old because of the confusion and the reality of hormones kicking in and the libido kicking in. Okay, now a 24-year-old can take advantage of that, and that's all legal and that's cool. That's where we are. Exactly. Exactly right. And that's the part that I was really trying to underscore there. It's, it's not the 14 year old's fault in this instance. It's the, the 24 year old's fault and the 24 year old taking advantage of the young child, uh, will, will face no consequences in the state of California. Uh, it's a sad state of affairs. Quite literally, that state of affairs. Dr. Everett Piper, ter- tremendous commentary as always. Thank you so much, sir. Blessings, Bob. Bye bye. 10.31, we're a little late to our news, and that's okay. We'll uh, catch up on the flip side and get you on the radio next. 216-901-0945, open phone lines on AM 1420, The Answer. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, delicate ears, definitely a bad thing to have. Uh, when you're listening to this program between 9 and 11. Uh, because I pull no punches, I will not sugarcoat the truth. I will tell the truth, no matter whom it may hurt. Uh, and that's, uh, that's the bottom line. Uh, thanks again to Dr. Everett Piper. That story out of California is simply remarkable. Uh, you, just, you, know, you just wonder how close we are to end times when you see things like this. Grown men are allowed to take advantage of young impressionable, perhaps confused uh, teenage boys um, and not be punished, considered consensual, as long as they're within 10 years of one another. It's simply remarkable. Uh, phone lines open, wide open at 216 Actually, that's not true. They're all full. But uh, we, we, there, we have open lines for the rest of the program. Any of these issues you want to get into, we can do so. Uh, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. We'll go to Rick, who's in Illyria first. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Hey, um, whenever Nancy Pelosi said that she called and made an appointment for the hairdresser and they to her the situation of one person this that no. I'm thinking wait a minute you're the lawmaker 
you should be explaining the law to them. <laughs> if I get pulled, if I get pulled over by the cop, and the cop says, "You know why I pulled you over?" Well, I know why, but my my point is, she's the lawmaker. She should be explaining the law to him. That her. is a great and, point. Nobody has made that I've heard, and I've been watching coverage of this on a lot of different networks. I've not heard anybody, heard anybody point that out. I mean, I said it in a different way. I said, you know, uh, don't don't try to tell me you don't know the law for crying out loud. Gavin Newsom and your party is the one who implemented this rule, this order anyway. It's not a law, it's an order. But, uh, you know, there's no way you could be ignorant of it and, and expect the people to, to, to know it. Uh, but the way you phrased it is better. If she called and asked for an appointment, if she, if she called or her assistant called for her to ask for an appointment to get her hair done, and the salon said, sure, what time do you want to come in? The response should have been, I'm going to report you. That's illegal. You know you're not allowed to be serving people right now. She should be absolutely aware of that law, and she should be the one explaining it. It's a brilliant point you make. Hey, one other thing, Bob. Um, yeah. In regards to what you just said about the last uh, situation in California, yeah. about in the end times, um, and don't ask me where it's at, because I don't know, but I know I've read it. In the Bible, it says that God is the one to decide who is in office and who is not in office. And this is my point. When I go to the, and vote, I'm going to vote for who I feel God wants me to vote for. I'm not going to worry about it beyond that, because that's all I can do. It's in God's hands. But yes, I well, believe we are in towards the end times. Rick, I, I appreciate your call and that point. Thank you. Um, but I'll say this in response to it, and thanks again for the call. Um, if God is in control of this, it's only insofar as God gave us free will. Um, it is up to us, and using God's gift of free will, we decide what we create, and we decide what we become. So in that way, yeah, it's in God's hands, but it's because God gave us the right to make up our own minds. And um, I think it's extraordinarily important that we not just cast our vote and then pray that the right outcome happen because it's God's will. I think it's up to us to make sure that we are out there encouraging everyone uh, who is like-minded in terms of God-like values and supporting life. Uh, the way we talked about with John Stover with the uh, high-value voters and liberty. I mean, I, I, I think it's not just uh, up to us to pray that the right thing happens since it's in God's hands. He gave us free will, so we need to take our hands and put them to work. Uh, let's go to Bay Village. Diane is on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Diane. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Regarding this pedophilia, uh, about five years ago, Alex Jones on his show predicted that this would be become legal in this country. Shocking, unbelievable. You couldn't believe that. And here now it's starting in California. As far as God is concerned, you have to look back in the Bible at Sodom and Gomorrah, what was going on there, and he destroyed everything. And go further into the New Testament, Revelations has started, and I believe we're in the middle of that. So God does have a hand in this. And while we have free will, so do those people in Sodom and Gomorrah, and you saw what happened there. So if the world ends, I, I'm okay with that at this point. How can these Democrats, these liberal left, think of these ridiculous 
ideas. And would Gavin Newsom be willing to turn his son over to a pedophile? I doubt it. Sorry, I'm getting well, worked up. No, yeah, you know what? You should be, and thank you for the call, Diane. Uh, you, you know what's, what's really disgusting and frustrating uh, about all of this is that it's not new. Uh, do you realize it's been 40 years since NAMBLA was born? NAMBLA uh, is the North American Man-Boy Love Association. North American Man-Boy Love Association. It's a real thing. It's a pedophilia advocacy organization that is in the United States. It started in New York City and in San Francisco. And its goal, which is starting to become accomplished, is to abolish age-of-consent laws that criminalize uh, adult sexual involvement with minors, otherwise known as statutory rape. It campaigns for the release of men who have been jailed for raping minors, who, according to our laws, and quite frankly, according to common sense, uh, are not capable of giving informed consent uh, for these very dangerous things for their bodies or with their bodies. Um, NAMBLA, as again, being 40 years old, has been working behind the scenes to try to get people who are uh, people who are supportive of their choices elected into office in enough places to do what they just did in California. So it has worked. They have elected enough. The bill, by the way, the California bill that we were talking about that just passed yesterday um, was sponsored by an openly gay man uh, in the California uh, House uh, whose last name is Wiener. I can't find his first name. It seems to have uh, escaped my screen. But it was sponsored by an openly gay man. And again, I'm not suggesting that openly gay people should not be allowed to serve in public office. Of course, this is the beauty and the the glory of a free country and our representative republic. We can elect our representatives whomever we wish. And California has elected to vote for people like this, whose sexual orientation is none of my business and I don't care about, but whose ideas about what perverted things can be done to underage children is something I do care about a great deal. So NAMBLA and organizations like NAMBLA have had a great deal of success in, uh, in continuing the perversion of, uh, of our society and, sadly, the abuse of young children, young teens who don't know what they're doing, um, can indeed be uh, taken in like this. So yeah, Diane, you should be aroused. Or, that's the wrong word. You should your anger should be aroused. Is what I'm trying to say. Of course, your anger should be riled up, and mine is as well. Uh, TJ, you're on. Uh, I'm sorry, I went out of order, but it's okay. TJ, you're there. Go right ahead, TJ. You know, Bob, what's happening in California is only the tip of the iceberg. Uh, we're not only locked in a battle with uh, Marxists and socialists and Bolsheviks. We're locked in a battle with Satan with what's going on. Now. We need more policemen, and I think we ought to start hiring exorcists while we're at it. Uh, there's a movement called the Q movement. You find it on uh, YouTube or the Internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah I and, know what and, it is. Yeah, and that prophet, that Kim, and I can't think of his last name, amazing man, the stuff he prophesized. But if only a part of what they're saying is true, this is demonic what's going on. 
satanic ritual with babies and young children. Uh, this is what's happening in the world. I mean, we are literally in a battle with, with Lucifer, and that's what's guiding these people on the left. That's what's guiding their policies. Uh, this is, I think, the final battle coming up. And it's, and it's more than a conservative against liberal. It's, it's a battle of good against evil. Uh, we definitely need help, Bob. And I hope God does not abandon us. TJ, well, you know, thank you for that call, TJ. And you know what? To your last point, there, he will not. He has always made it very clear. And I'm not. I'm not on twelve twenty. I'm on fourteen twenty. I'm not a preacher, and I'm not a. I'm not an evangelist, and I'm not in any way qualified as a biblical scholar to preach to anybody. But the good Lord will not abandon us, provided we do not abandon Him. I mean, it is really that simple. Not that it's simple, but I mean. It's that direct. If we continue the course as humans and as Americans to kick God out of our society and out of our lives, um, that is the only thing we can do that will make him say, fine, that's, then I will, I will remove myself from your, you know, from your existence. And whatever happens, happens. Uh, you know, again, not preaching, and I can't quote scripture, but uh, just very generally, uh, you know, G- Jesus said, "Those who would deny me before uh, before man uh, will I deny before God." And, and again, I know I'm butchering that, so I'm not pretending to be something I'm not. You understand my point, though, right? He's, we're not going to be abandoned by God, but if we abandon God, then that's on us. That's on us, and, and that's really all I, all I want. You know, to to the point about end times and to the point about who will be saved, et cetera, et cetera, um, I believe that those who do believe will be saved, but I'm more concerned about what happens before that time. I'm more concerned about the existence we have for ourselves right now, and because it's the existence that our children are in, and the existence we're going to leave for them is up to the things that we do right now. That's why these elections are so important. You say it's a battle where we're in a battle with Satan. We're in a battle of good versus evil. Yeah, I think we are. I think we are. But when we allow the evil to to you know kick God out of our out of our uh, communities, I mean, it's, it's like the story. The other story in California I was just talking about, and that Dr. Piper was just talking about. They are literally encouraging you to get in the streets and protest. COVID virus, be damned. But they will not allow you to sit in pews and sing to the Lord because of the COVID virus. Get together and chant for dead cops, but don't get together and sing Amazing Grace. Get together and march and create anarchy in our streets, but do not march down the, the aisle for communion at your at your Sunday services. COVID will get you in the church. It won't get you in the streets as long as you're protesting for something that the government deems to be righteous. If that's how we treat God, then yeah, we are going to be left on our own to fight this battle. But it's up to us to fight for him. 1051, right back. I look to you when I see Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. All right, wrapping it up. 
1420, the answer. A caller wanted to share with me Second Chronicles 714. Uh, again, because I'm not a preacher and I'm not a biblical scholar and I cannot quote scripture. Uh, somebody sent scripture to us. <laughs> King James Version. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So the question is, is are we willing to call his name? Are we willing to humble ourselves? And especially are there enough of us willing to humble, humble ourselves and do that to counter those who wish to strike him from our existence? That's the question, because that's exactly what the other side is trying to do. Um, let's go to AC in Cleveland. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, AC. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Uh, the Bible does say that God raises up kings and brings them down, but kings were never elected. And the American Republic is an exercise in free will. And you're correct in saying that it's up to us, and we're accountable for this, for who we choose to lead us in our government. Okay? And we're not in the That's exactly right. God, that's exactly right. God does not choose for us. He gives us the free will to make that choice. Now, we can pray that God will guide the hand and the mind and the heart of those who are maybe undecided about who to choose to, to lead us. And we can pray for that, and God can perhaps give that guidance. But, yes, it is up to us. It is not up to him. Right, and we're accountable. If we, if we choose wrongly, we're accountable. And yes. we are not in the middle of the book of Revelation. Not yet. Okay? Well, and, that's, that's good uh, to know. Yes. Uh, we, are, we are seeing a preview, a foreshadowing of that, with the corona crisis and the rocks and the hypocrisy, but we are not in the middle of the book of Revelation. Well, I'll tell you, and I don't know when that, and thank you for the call, AC, I appreciate it. I don't know when that is coming, but it does feel the more and more we see things happening like what I described today in California, the more it does feel like we are getting closer and closer to that time. But I do not wish to be an alarmist. It's just an observational thing. Ron in Medina. Hi, Ron, you're on the air. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, uh, good morning, Bob. Uh, first and foremost, I called in about nasty... Pelosi. Of course, she was set up. Uh, she knows the setup when she sees it. Just look <laughs> at uh, what the, the Democrats have been doing to Trump for the last three and a half years. I, f- I really feel sorry for her assistant and the uh, the salon because, quite frankly, well, to to paraphrase plugs, uh, if if you're not for Pelosi, you're gonna be you're gonna be shut down. Now. Also, yeah, well, you know what? You're right. I mean, that that is that is pretty much what plugs Biden uh, would say. And thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Ron. I got to get out, though. Uh, But listen, uh, the bottom line here when it comes to uh, things like what we saw in 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 uh, in, uh, San Francisco with Nancy Pelosi doing this is the harm it does to real people. That owner of that salon, she said she's going to have to leave. She is going to have to close her salon and move because not only is she starving because of what California's government has done to shut all of them down and she hasn't been able to make a living for several months, now she's getting all of the hatred from the Pelosi supporters in San Francisco. Yelp is, is recording a ton of negative reviews of her salon now. She never had negative reviews before, so she's being driven from her business. These elitist progressives harm real people. And that is what we should focus on. All right, that's all the time that I've got. Stay here because Mike Gallagher's coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll see you tomorrow.